This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand that some of our opinions will not be shared with many people and hope you can still bear with us in order to hear amazing Wisconsin-based stories. We are not licensed therapists or able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source materials included for each episode. Now Now on on to to the the show. Welcome back to All the Sins of Wisconsin. I'm Fallon, and I am here with Mims. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah? I had a, an eventful week last week. We were just talking about that. <laughs> I had to recenter myself. Yeah. Um, which everybody needs to do every once in a while. Oh, for sure. And um, everybody needs a go-to, so thank you for being mine. <laughs> You're welcome. I love being people's hype girl. Right? It's one of my favorite things to do. Yes. Um, but other than that, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, besides the snow. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. So we can look back next year when it's, like, 70 in April and be like, why was it snowing last year in April? I think this is the last one, though. I don't think there's going to be any more. Oh, no, do. don't don't give me those eyes. No, I looked at the weather. Next week looks fantastic. Okay, okay. So yeah. I think we just got to get over today, maybe a little bit of residual tomorrow. Yeah. And then just plow through it. We're going to get to warm weather. <laughs> we are. It's coming. Yeah. Hang in there, Wisconsinites. Yes. We can do this. We can. Hopefully. Do you have any news? I feel like I like read stories. <laughs> I have to start taking notes because I read these stories. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. And then... And then you, you just don't. me and I'm like, uh, I have no idea. So what I've been doing is if anybody goes through my phone, they're going to think I'm some sort of lunatic because I just <laughs> have a whole bunch of different screenshots of like headlines here or like a story snippet here or whatever. So um, that's smart, though. That's what I need to do. Yeah. So I, I do have one that was posted on April 8th by Fox 11. Um, it was in Dane County. A teen was arrested on an alleged attempted kidnapping plot. Which, like, why are people just plotting to kidnap other people? That's... Uh, it's really scary. Yeah, like, don't be taking me from my home and my life to your life. Like, I don't want to be there. Leave me alone. Yeah, I want to be at home in yeah. my own house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be a terrible kidnap victim. Yeah, tell me why. I would just harass them, like mentally harass them (laughs) until they got to me. What the fuck are you doing with me? (laughs) I would be telling them how they were doing everything wrong. Yeah, like this is not what you do. That's good. I like that. About how much time they were gonna get. Right. Yeah. Like break down the statutes for them. Yeah, they'd be like, God, did we pick the wrong one? Um, I would tell them about other people who are so much better at it than them. Oh, <laughs> hit them where it hurts. Yeah, and then I would eventually escape. <laughs> you know, I always think about because I I make mental notes on like what people have done when they do escape and like little things here and there, and I'm like. 
my brain is just full of these weird things of like me being in really bad predicaments and like mm -hmm. remember to rip your hair out just to make sure there's DNA like and yeah. it's true though but like yeah. I don't like that I have to have that little compartment in my brain of these things yeah my hair sheds a lot oh definitely be there right my hair like I could just <laughs> brush by it and like clumps will just fall out yeah and if making them feel bad didn't work I would make them think I love them oh that's... I'm really good at that too <laughs> <laughs> okay that's a, that's one way to do it <laughs> and then I would escape there we go <laughs> So this guy, he was 19 years old and has an alleged history about making statements on committing a mass school shooting. So red flag number 50, is that what we're on right now? At least. Um, was arrested outside a woman's home wearing all black with handcuffs and a loaded gun, which is it's just so scary. I'm glad they got him, though. Like, it, he didn't enter the home. and Yeah, did the neighbors call, I wonder? Or I don't know. Just I just like, um, somebody's standing outside this lady's house with a gun. Maybe that, or maybe... Pacing. I don't know. I didn't dig into it further. I just saw the headlines. I'm like, holy shit. It's so scary. Yeah. Could yeah. you imagine you see, like, your ring cam in the morning? I'm not that fancy. You don't have a camera? <laughs> <laughs> You're like... Um, you don't have a camera. No, I don't have a camera. Should I get a camera? Yeah. I almost want one for the inside of my house so that, because my dog is so naughty. He'll go on top of my counters mm -hmm. and he'll like, this motherfucker. So like, he'll go outside, has muddy paw prints, and then I'll turn around for a second, probably go to the bathroom before like wiping down his paws or whatever the case may be. And he'll go on top of my counter and have, like, dirty paw prints everywhere. And I'm like, you think I'm not going to find this? Like, I know you're <laughs> up here. So I want to see him in the act and yell at him so I can have, like, mm. you know. Yeah. Because this dog has eaten a whole chuck roast on me, which I was really pissed about. Yeah, I would be pissed about that, too. Do you know how much chuck roast is? A lot. Like $15. Yeah. And he just ate it all. I bet he was really happy. Oh, yeah. He did not get dinner that he was night. Like this is worth it. Yeah, he's like, I'm not even mad about it. Put me in the kennel. If you had a camera on him, you could make it into TikToks. <laughs> I love naughty dog TikTok. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Any dog TikTok, I'm I'm here for. You can send them our way. Yeah. Um. Okay. So it seems like I have to get a camera for outside and inside of my home. Yeah, it's always a good idea to have cameras. Right. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you're here. We're here. And we're doing this. I pressed record. Yep. So I guess we're ready. We're ready. Okay. <clears throat> I know you've heard of at least the headlines for this. Um, this is what happened last year of the um, dismemberment case. I know you're. I know you know what I'm going to talk about. But <laughs> okay. This is the case of Chandler Halderson. I got my sources from Fox 6 News, NBC 15, Madison.com, Daily Mail, and WSAW. Um, so this happened last year um, around the 4th of July weekend. So everyone has their own fun plans for the 4th of July weekend. Maybe some people go out boating. I personally like to tan. Uh, swimming is a must. 
unless you don't like to get wet, then I totally understand that. Yeah. Or just some relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, however, this July 1st of 2021, um, in this particular household, it was not fun. There was no celebrating and there was no sunshine. It was a dark and violent holiday in the Hellersons residence. Their plans on going up north to Langland County were tragically canceled. 15 year or sorry, 15. 50 year old Bart Helderson and 53 year old Krista were murdered in their home in Windsor, about 80 miles west of Milwaukee. On July 7th, Chandler, Krista, and Bart's son called the police department stating that his parents were missing. And at that time, he told investigators his parents and an unknown couple had left the preceding Friday morning to visit their cabin in White Lake for the 4th of July weekend. But investigators immediately did not believe his story. Something just seemed off about it. And he just didn't seem like he was telling them the truth. Which I'm, like, really proud of these police officers saying, like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Like, they're listening to their, you know, inner red flags, which is what they should be doing. Yeah, I appreciate when they do that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But wanting to dot their I's, they immediately filed the missing persons report. And Dane County Sheriff's Office reached out to their counterparts in Langland County who checked the cabin's property but found no one there. So they were like, yeah, we thought so. Um, the missing person's case was very serious to investigators, and it makes me kind of mad that they took this very seriously, but they don't always treat cases this way. Like, typically they tell other people, oh, you got to wait 24 hours or whatever the case may be, even though mm-hmm. they know, like, no, like, this is a kid. Like, you can't... I can't wait 24 hours. This isn't like them. Or, you know, like... But in this yeah. case, they were, like, boom, on it. Like, we're gonna check everything. Like, everything seems suspicious. Which is how everything should be treated. It is. So, it was all hands on deck when it came to the community helping as well. Various agencies assisted over the course of this investigation, including the Wisconsin DNR, Wisconsin Department of Justice, neighbors and friends and family who shared vital information. The sheriff's office upped the status of the case on July 8th, calling it suspicious. I didn't know that the police department can have, like, okay, we're going to, like, up this case to make it more, I don't know, serious. I didn't know that they did that. Yeah, there's different levels. Like, well, if we think this was just a runaway or we think they left on their own accord, then we're not really going to look. Yeah, that sucks. Because, like, a like a young kid that is a runaway, that's still really scary and that's mm-hmm. still really important and they should not be running away. Right. So... So, police had one suspect in mind, and this tragedy is particularly somber, as the suspect was none other than 27-year-old Chandler, who was Bart's and Chris's own son. That same day, they found Bart's remain in rural Cottage Grove. The medical examiner's report officially ruled the case as a homicide. Bart had been shot at least twice, one with the muzzle of the gun touching his back. So, like, they, in my mind, it seemed like the gun was 
walking him. Yeah, that's exactly what I pictured. Right too. to yeah. wherever he was walking, and then just the trigger was pulled. Yeah, which is really sad. Uh, and yes, Bart was not found with Krista, so him and his wife were separated. Authorities searched the West, or I'm sorry, the Waste Management Landfill, uh, and then they searched near Johnson Creek. They drained ponds and had cadaver, do- cadaver dogs and conducted their land searches in an effort to find Krista. On Friday, July 30th, the Dane County Sheriff's Office confirmed remains located near Old Highway 60 along the Wisconsin River, um, a Department of Natural Resources property, in fact, in the town of Roxbury, and those were the remains of Krista. So police arrested Chandler that day for allegedly providing deputies with false information on a kidnapping. So he seem, he made it seem like, oh, they're missing, something bad probably happened, I think these people are involved, and that's how he kind of got the blame away from him. Mm. So their suspect now was turned into the official person charged with uh, their murders. Upon further investigating, a picture started to form. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So Chandler decided to kill his parents after his father discovered he had been lying about attending Madison Area Technical College. Mr. Halderson called the college his son had told him he was attending in an effort to request transcripts. When the college stated that his son was no longer a student at the school and that several people Chandler told his father he had spoken to at the college did not exist bart was really upset and just really just flat out confused on why he was doing this yeah however that was not the only lie he had weaved about his life he lied about this really makes me laugh um about his current job he said he worked at spacex um obviously he lied about where he was going to college and then he was lying about being on the police scuba dive team which is really random (laughs) it is really random to me it just he seemed like he wanted to be like oh yeah i'm doing this and i'm doing that and i'm really important here and like look at all the the great things that i'm doing and all the the places that i'm involved with that's what I thought when yeah, that's like, what it sounds space like SpaceX, this the police scuba diving team. Like I'm in college. Like that just seems like how, do, how would you even have time for all these things? It just seems fake. Like Bart, come on! Like it just seems fake to me. Yes. Um. So he even utilizes fake email addresses to further con his family into believing his lies. So he really just did the work to do everything, but actually do what he was. That's what always blows my mind about people like this. You put in so much effort yes. to do this ridiculous stuff so right. you don't have to do anything. You could have been be doing it the just, entire time. Yeah, just do the things. You could have been in college. It would have been less work. Right, right. Um, this reminds me of that case where that um, Asian girl did that to her parents, too. Do, mm-hmm. do you remember that case? Yeah, I know what you're talking Big about. Big vibes from that, too. Yeah. Um, but the truth is, Chandler was just a bum. He was unemployed, <laughs> not in school, and not really doing anything with his life. He just wanted to seem like he had this grandiose life without actually doing anything. So crazy. 
What makes this case even more fucked up is the fact that on July 4th, uh, Chandler took a pause during the span of killing his own parents. So it was, they were gone on the 1st. Gone, right? Mm -hmm. So he did kill them on the 1st. It took him about, I don't know, through the 7th to get the remains and do whatever he had to do with them. So it took him about like six days to do all this, but he took a pause to go um, act like everything was normal, and he attended his girlfriend's mother's partner's barbecue on July 4th. Hmm. And I'm like, that's so gross, dude. How, and it took him seven days to do all of this because he's lazy. <laughs> right. Like, this guy just is just a bum. Let's just... <laughs> That's it. That's all it is to it. Um, what was even more sketch was that Chandler went door to door and asked to look at home surveillance videos from his neighbors. He claimed it was to see if he could catch a glimpse of his parents leaving the house in order to track them down. And Chandler had the nerve to ask one neighbor for surveillance video and ask if the camera captured the road or his house. This just makes me even more convinced of not having a kid because fuck this kid. Like, what the fuck? These people, like, gave you life and you're out just doing them dirty like this. Like, come on. Um, so during a court appearance on July 15th, Court Commissioner Brian Asmus set bail for Chandler at $1 million after arguments by prosecutor and Helderson's attorney took place. Defense attorney Catherine Dorrell took Commissioner Asmus, her client, I'm sorry, told, um, is a lifelong resident of Wisconsin, has been involved in the Boy Scouts and church groups, and has no prior criminal history, and she asked that the bail be continued at, do you want to guess? Mm, $1,000. No, 10000 so. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, what is... Boy Scouts and church groups have to do with anything. And being a lifelong resident of a state, who gives a fuck? This is how you write a bail argument, okay? You have to think about what makes people think they're not a flight risk. Okay. So you have to find anything good about your clients Mm -hmm. that you can find. And it's better if they've lived in the same city forever and their whole family lives in the same city like they've never left so why would they leave now i guess it's a valid point when you put it in that context yeah it sounds dumb Mm, obviously he didn't have a lot going for him that we're gonna go with boy scouts Mm. you're reaching at that point right did you ever actually do anything honey that was your whole life imaginary that was 15 years ago like what are you doing now yeah. Yeah, that's insane. And to me, the Boy Scouts are generally a red flag. <laughs> oh, Jake was in Boy Scout. No, oh, was, was it Eagle Scout? I don't know. Some... My kids were in Cub Scouts at one point. Maybe that's what it was. And they were in a good group. Okay. But there's a lot of issues with Boy Scouts. <laughs> Why? They learn, like, survival it's stuff. It's so cute. It's oh. like the church. Oh, shit. I'm just bashing everybody. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> Right, you were. It's the leaders. It was the church. <laughs> yeah, they're like the church. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we digress. Um, okay, so the district attorney's office also released a 14-page document 
that day detailing the investigation into the murder of Bart Helderson. It contained several interviews with Chandler, his friends and family and witnesses, and the complaint does not specify when and where Bart Helderson was killed, but it does place Chandler at the site where Bart's remains were discovered. Mm. Luckily, the court revoked Chandler's bail, which means he cannot postpone at any point before his sentencing. Yeah, you don't deserve bond when you're a murderer. No. Judge uh, John Highland was the preceding judge on the case, and let me tell you, Judge Highland was in for a lot of drama coming from prosecutor and the defense. They were just going, like, <laughs> what the... They named news... The, like the news headings for this case was rapid fire and during the courtroom and I'm like damn they were going at each other no joke I love trials like that right just like you're here for it yeah mm-hmm. you should be passionate about your career right yeah <laughs> over seven days prosecutors laid out their case that Chandler killed his parents obviously uh, they contended he first tried to dispose of their bodies by burning them in the family fireplace. Then he scattered their dismembered bodies, their dismembered body parts across Dane County. So that's why it took him longer mm-hmm. within those days. Because he couldn't figure it out. This man, this yeah. boy, yes, is like, what are you doing? He's not good at anything. No, he's not. Uh, This whole process, like I said before, took about seven days for him to do. Uh, Prosecutors noted that witnesses claimed to have seen Chandler um, multiple times near a wood line outside the rural Dane County property where his father's remains were later found. His defense attorney, Crystal Vera, then made her case on behalf of her client. Crystal stated, you were never told that they... We're going to kick him out of the house. You were never told that they were going to disown him. You were never told anything about why it matters, if this is going to be the mo- the motive, if this is the reason you're intentionally killing someone, it better matter. And I'm like, yeah, but this guy had a whole life that he weaved. And like when it was crashing down, obviously he was unsettled by it. And like maybe... You don't know what his dad said. What if he was like, yeah, this isn't okay. You got to move out and get a job. Like, that could have set him off. Mm-hmm. And motive doesn't matter for the law. And she should know that because she's a lawyer. Yeah. So. Just now I'm bashing her, too. Take that. <laughs> the defense stated it is also unknown what type of gun was used in the homicide of Bart, despite the prosecutor's reference to a rifle found in a shed on the Cottage Grove property owned by Chandler's girlfriend's mother's partner. <laughs> <laughs> what a case. Um, the defense claimed that there is no solid piece of evidence to tell them what truly happened in this case, and there's reasonable doubt and should think about what that, what that, oh my god, let me get myself together, <laughs> about that when they are deciding what charges to find Chandler guilty of. So in my mind when they said that, it sounds like okay, he may be guilty of some things, but mm-hmm. you should think about like what he's guilty of as it's not all of these. Hmm. Which is like, I don't know. It doesn't make so sense. So if he didn't do all of them, then who did? 
do we have any other possible suspects? They're just accomplices. Throwing shit and evidence of any kind. Seeing what <laughs> sticks. That's what they're doing, I guess. Just trying to confuse the jury. Right. They're like, what did I just hear? <laughs> Uh, prosecutors rebuttal to the defense arguments, arguing that common sense indicates that the killing of Bart and Krista was not an accident and that it all points to Chandler and his web of lies. Yeah. The defense rested their case Thursday without calling witnesses or testimony from the defendant. Chandler himself opted not to take the stand in his own defense, which was a smart, you know, play <laughs> on his part because I, f- I have a feeling that they... The jury would not have liked him if he spoke. Could you imagine the stories? He'd be like, you know what? I just didn't want to work, man. And that's He'd probably what... just lie. Like, well, what happened was right. aliens came down. Some stupid shit. I was shit. working with SpaceX. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's a government conspiracy. Yeah. So, <laughs> jurors deliberated for, guess how long? Two hours. Oh, my God. You got it right. <laughs> Good for you. Before finding 23-year-old Chandler Helderson guilty on all counts. Um, So that would be two counts of each of first-degree intentional homicide, mutilating a corpse, hiding a a corpse, and falsifying information about a missing person. Persons. Um... And then a first-degree intentional homicide conviction carries a mandatory life sentence. So he's just looking to be sitting there forever. How sad. Chandler looked straightforward during the reading of the verdict and showed no emotion, which is pretty typical whenever... I've done a lot of my stories, and a lot of them don't have any emotion, which I'd be, like, screaming. You're not supposed to show any emotion when you're sitting at the defense table. Even when you're getting, like, at the very end? Yeah. Really? Save it. Nobody cares. (laughs) True. (laughs) Uh, The date of sentencing, of the sentencing hearing was scheduled for March 17th or 18th um, of this year. Hmm. Though the attorneys say, stated that they needed more time and that they wanted to speak with the judge about that. Ultimately, Judge John Highland sentenced him to life in prison without the possibility of parole for killing his parents, as well as a maximum penalty for each of the lesser charges. He then was transferred to Dodge Correctional Institution in Wapan from the Dane County Jail. <clears throat> and I'm going to leave my portion on a quote stated by the assistant district attorney, Andrea Raymond, that was said during the trial. They were normal folks, just trying to live a normal life. They don't even get to be buried next to each other. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'm asking that you give justice for Krista and Bart Halderson and that you treat them with the dignity and respect that their own son hasn't given them. And I thought to myself, this is me speaking, um, that what she said was really powerful because it's true. Their son gave them zero respect. This twat of a son was only in it for himself and because he was a loser. Yeah. This case is disturbing and shameful and senseless and just devastating because two people and two good parents, from what I read, everybody spoke really highly of them, were taking away because their dumbass son decided to take their lives away from them for not having his life together, which is super pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember this story now? I don't. I never heard what? about this. Yes, you did. It was like... 
I don't think I did. It was the it was the headlines of like son dismembered parents remains found in blah blah blah. Do you, no, girl, I know you have. Okay, whatever. I've been ignoring the news <laughs> for like three years. I hope that a lot of you guys, because this this was like as big as that one lady that was high on like meth and dismembered her boyfriend like that was like everybody was talking about that one too and this one she's my favorite <laughs> that like picture of her she is like i'm ready that she had she her whole like. face done she had her hair nice and done too it's like damn so they i do have an update about that mm, give it to me so they did find her competent to stand trial yeah but the judge is like are you sure Let's do one more competency hearing. I Why? think they're going to do another evaluation. Because the judge just wants to be sure. <laughs> I feel so like... So that when she's convicted, there's nothing turning back from it. I suppose, but like being... Because it doesn't seem like a very mentally stable thing to do. No, but... She's another one that just couldn't complete her crime. Like, started and then just, like, left the head. You can't do that. Right. And it <laughs> just seems very impulsive when... And yeah. really drug-fueled anyways definitely so i think she's competent i just think she yeah. was fucking high off her ass right and competency is just a, such a low standard you have to know that there's a judge mm-hmm. that they're going to sentence you right that you're on trial right do you know why we're here do you know your name do you yeah. know what the date is do you know right from wrong maybe yeah that's about it right you don't have to be able to read write understand anything hmm yeah there's like five-year-olds that would be found competent to stand trial in america yeah i would hope our so. standards are low <laughs> well hey there's a lot of five-year-olds are very smart this is true have you ever seen little big shots maybe oh i feel like you'd like it they're so sassy <laughs> i have a house full of sassy kids yeah you're like i'm done with that shit <laughs> i'm over it i also love steve harvey so <laughs> all right i'm gonna talk about a missing person yes <laughs> I am not surprised. Here we go. Okay. Let me get there. Maybe. Do you ever think that maybe we need closure, Fallon? I mean, I need closure too, but I don't know where to find it. (laughs) (laughs) One day. I don't know where we're going to find this closure. (laughs) One day. Uh Uh-huh. We're going to talk about something. Mm Mm-hmm. And somebody is going to be like, oh, you know what? I know something about that. And we're going to get closure. It's all going to be worth I it. I hope so. Someday. I'm going to live for that moment. We might be like 90. <laughs> That's a day I'll die. <laughs> I'll be like, okay, I'm still happy about You're this. You're right. Because <laughs> I did a lot of research. <laughs> <laughs> this was it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, some of these cases I have never heard of. And it's crazy living in Wisconsin to not hear about these people we being this missing. Each and every fucking week. I know. Every single week we say this. And they have these family members that are like, we just need attention. We just need attention. Yeah. You know, yeah, you do, because nobody's fucking heard about it. Nobody talks about it. Nobody... It, it, I don't even weird. want to say nobody cares, but, like, I think it's just so taboo in Wisconsin. I think that's what it is. Our news stations, <clears throat> if anybody listens to us and they're not from Wisconsin... There's, like, this weird thing with our news stations only showing, like, feel-good stories. I don't think that's true. I think they do a lot of political... Oh, yeah, political trash. Yeah, and I just think, like, 
That's why I don't watch the news. No. I can't even. Yeah. They're just, still talking about COVID. Right. The bird flu is really big now. Like, <laughs> oh, it makes me sad because a lot of people aren't feeding their, like, the birds that they usually feed. And I'm like, hmm. I will still feed the birds. I'm not yeah. scared. <laughs> I am not scared of these damn birds. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's why. Cause... I have crows that follow me around. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And magical. Interesting. <laughs> interesting fact of the day. Maybe they can help. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's why a lot of people aren't aware of what's going on is because of that. And people don't really like to talk about morbid things here. It's a lot of irrelevant and just weird things that they talk about. Like, yeah. they would go out of their way to talk politics or, like, yeah. sports or fucking yeah. cheese soup recipes but like they can't talk about somebody that's been missing this is true it's very strange it's very very strange because mm-hmm. I will see things on the scanner page and I'll be like oh let me see if they have anything on the news like this is a dramatic story right never <clears throat> so weird alright so today I'm going to discuss the disappearance of Sarah Ann Bushland from Spooner, Wisconsin. And my sources today are Facebook.com, uh, the Find Sarah Bushland page, and there is an author, Robert M. Dudley, and his page is Robert M. Dudley Author on Facebook, uh, the charlieproject.org, NBCnews.com, Web Sleuths, of course, mm-hmm. and APG is the advocate, Spooner Advocate newspaper, online newspaper. I don't know if it's a real one or if it's just online. Okay. I mean, it's still real, but right. not print. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to sound made up. Right. We're just getting our facts from nowhere. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could write you some stories. You know, we they would probably be here for that, too. Like some creepypasta. Ooh. All right. On April 3rd, 1996, Sarah was a 15-year-old sophomore at Spooner High School. Sarah was 5 foot tall, about 104 pounds. She had blonde hair and blue-gray green eyes. Mm, pretty. And a mole above her lip. She was last seen wearing a Tweety Bird shirt, a blue jacket, blue jeans, black Reebok sneakers, four sterling silver rings on her right hand, and one of those was her Spooner High School class ring with a black stone. She just seems like she had the whole look. She did. Very right. 90s. Cute. Yep. Yeah. I love she it. She's so pretty. So, Sarah had recently moved to Spooner to move in with her mother, Marie Lambert, and her stepfather, Jim Lambert, and her stepbrothers, David and Dean Lambert. And the family had an interesting living situation because they were living in their garage, which had been converted into a home after their original house burned down. So, like, the family home burned down, and instead of rebuilding, they converted the garage into a house. How big was this garage? Like They said it was two stories. Oh. Okay, I'm not mad about it then. No, it's just interesting. Right. So, she had moved back to Wisconsin about 16 months prior to her disappearance. Before that, she had been living in Colorado with her father, 
Michael Bushland and her sister Leslie Bushland, who is now Leslie Small. So when her parents separated, her and her sister decided to go with their dad. So they moved to Colorado, but now she moved back because she, her and her sister had gotten into shoplifting in uh. Colorado. And she had gotten in trouble, and she decided to come home and live with her mom. Well, and she, she didn't like want to a... deal with like her dad being disappointed in her, is what it sounded like, which broke my heart. Right, I was going to say, it seems like she made a, the right decision, and I don't know. No. No, she didn't? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She's missing. <laughs> Right, but she was like, I'm done stealing. I want to go home. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it seems that Sarah's problems did not end when she moved to Wisconsin. Sarah made friends with an older crowd. And that's what all the articles say. Like, she made friends with an older crowd. Like, that was a huge problem. I don't really think that that's necessarily a huge problem. It depends on who the older kids are that you're hanging out with. Right. Like, if it was a an older crowd of, like, artistes. Yeah. Okay, I'm down for that. Like, you go around mm-hmm. painting things. Okay. If yeah. it was a older crowd of, like, frat boys and you're going to, like, frats and shit. Like, ugh, gross. Yeah. I don't know what kind of kids these were. <laughs> we will never know. We will never know. So she started dating someone who was around 21 years old. And how old was she again? She was 15. Why is this a thing? Why are, you, why are guys so pervy? I don't know. Leave them youngins alone, shit. Because they are just like, oh my god, you're so cute. You're 21. You can buy beer. You have a car. I love you. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with... Oh, I have an older and mature boyfriend, and mm-hmm. that makes me mature, and we're just very immature. Yeah, exactly. You can do things your friends can. Mm-hmm, right, yeah. exactly. But mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, okay, I get it for... From the, the girls' point. Yeah, I get it from their perspective, but, like, gross. Like, yeah, they're not even developed or anything. Like, they're she can't go out easy drinking. Easy to control. I guess so. She can't go out drinking with you? Like, that's weird. They can go to the bar with somebody else. Oh. You're at home with curfew. Right. They could have two lives. At least. Maybe more. Probably more. Yep, probably. So, she really liked to keep a diary. And she wrote a lot about her struggles in her diary. And this led to her parents finding out that she was engaging in behavior they didn't approve of. Mm Mm-hmm. I hate that for her. I hate when parents read their kids' diaries. Yeah, that's really invasive. Mm-hmm. And then punish you for it. Right. It's like, I have one outlet, and you're going to, mm-hmm. like, snoop. Because even if you happen to see it and you read something, you don't tell anybody that you saw it and you read it. Right, no. Because, yeah, that's breaking their privacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They gotta have some privacy. And then they're just gonna be like, well, I have really no privacy or, like, space of my own here, so do I need to go somewhere else? Like, I can't trust you. Like, it just doesn't... Yeah. It's not a good thing to do. Yeah, I've seen adults say they still can't, like, write in a journal and stuff because of getting caught when they were younger. That's sad. Yeah. Oh. Because I write freaking everything. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't imagine if I didn't have that outlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I talk about most of it on a podcast. <laughs> right, so yeah. yeah. My, my thoughts are pretty public. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but anyways. So whatever she was talking about in her diary got her in trouble and she had been grounded for weeks prior to her disappearance. Mm. And she was also banned from seeing her boyfriend until she turned 16. What? What is that? What's the difference? At least do 18. Literally no difference. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So on April 3rd, 1996, Sarah got a ride to one of her friend's houses from her stepbrother, Dean. And then her and her friend walked to school together. She attended her morning classes. Then she left for lunch and went with her boyfriend to another friend's house. And then went back to afternoon classes. So she was banned from seeing him, but she was not listening. No, I don't think that that does really much. No. You can't control everything that people do. I'd be like, you're banning me from doing this. I'm just going to do it ten times harder. Exactly. (laughs) That, that's exactly how it works. Yeah. <laughs> so, she did go back for her afternoon classes, and then she had plans to go to a friend's house after school because they were going to attend some type of school function. This was a Wednesday, but it was right before their spring break started, so they weren't going to have school Thursday and Friday. Nice. Yeah, so she was supposed to go hang out with her friend, do some stuff. She just got ungrounded. Okay. However, something caused Sarah to change her mind, and instead of going home with her friend, she got on the school bus and headed home. Mm. According to friends, Sarah was concerned that her stepfather either was going to read her diary again or had read her diary again. Mm -hmm. So she was nervous, and she was so nervous that she was trying to find a ride home because she thought the bus was going to take too long to get her home. Oh, see, like, this isn't right. So much anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So Sarah was last seen getting off the school bus and talking to somebody in a dark-colored pickup truck. Some students would tell authorities that this pickup truck appeared to be following the bus to Sarah's house. Some say Sarah just talked to the person in the truck, and others say she actually got into the truck with whoever it was. Okay. At 4.37 p.m., one of her stepbrothers, they'd never say which one. Okay called his dad and said Sarah hadn't come home from school. No one really seemed concerned, though, because Sarah was not supposed to come home after school. Okay. So I'm not sure how the stepbrother knew she was going to be coming Mm, home from school. Right. So both Sarah's mom and stepdad were out of town, and they didn't plan on coming home that night. Neither one of the parents planned on coming home. Okay, yeah, because they were like, well, kids aren't home. Right. Jim had gone with a family friend from Canada to another mutual friend's house in Stillwater, Minnesota. And the mom, Marie, had gone to spend the day with Sarah's grandmother. There was a funeral, and then they were going to go do something else. And then she had to work in Chippewa Falls that night. So she planned on just spending the night. Mm-hmm. But when no one heard from Sarah by 6.20 p.m., her mom headed home and began contacting Sarah's friends. By 8 p.m., her mom began driving around looking for her. Marie headed to Trago to Sarah's boyfriend's house, where he informed them he hadn't seen her since lunch. Then, Jim and his friend said that they still spent the night in Stillwater, Minnesota, and came back the next day. However, at some point, the friend denied that they spent the night there. Okay. Yeah. 
It's not stated in any article that I could find which stepbrother was home that day and called his dad and which one wasn't home and where the other one was. Okay. I'm sure the police know that information, but that information wasn't in any of the research that I had. Gotcha. So I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. So on April 4th, Sarah's mother and stepfather went to report Sarah missing. Some reports say Marie and Jim attempted to report Sarah missing right away and that they were told to wait 48 hours. And other reports say Marie went with a lawyer to report her missing on the 5th. Okay. But the report from the police says April 4th, so I'm going with that, but I just thought I'd mention. Mm Mm-hmm. And if anybody does ever have anybody missing and they tell you that you have to wait 48 hours, it's not an actual law. That's just something they say. Why? So, Why is that even a thing? I think because they generally just assume people left on their own accord. They don't really think people are missing, especially with teenagers. 96% of the time, teenagers did just go away on their own. Hmm. But. Not at my house. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. My kids would never. Yeah. I remember, like, I would have to tell my mom, like, okay, I'm going to this friend's house. Now we're going to go get ice cream. Now we're going to go back to, like, that's how mm-hmm. that's how much of, yeah. like, oh, awareness there was. Not saying that's normal, but. I'm kind of like that. Is that bad? Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're way different. You're way different. Okay. <laughs> I just, like. I'm always just like, I just want to know where you are, because if something happens, you need to know where you've been. You do it because, like, yeah, like, something bad happens, and then you think, oh, you're at Christy's house. Yeah. And then you you go to Christy's house, and they're like, no, they're not here. They went there, and then you're like, oh, shit, so now you got to go to Mm -hmm. the park or whatever, you know? So, like, that... That's more I'm just like, like when you switch locations, let me know. Yeah. Which is fair. M- my, my case was more like control. Mm. So clearly different situations. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little controlling. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you're not helping. <laughs> I know. I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, you are. Just because I worry. Not because I want to control anybody. Just because I worry. <laughs> I am done defending you. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) So, when they went and reported them, Sarah's mother and stepfather and police all seemed to agree that Sarah was probably a runaway. Oh. Since they treated her disappearance as a runaway, there is a little news about it. Many of her classmates did not even know she was missing until a couple of weeks later when missing flyers went up at school. Weeks? Weeks. Holy shit. Yeah. There's no fucking way. Let me tell you, I was a runaway. (laughs) Let me tell you something. And I was always kind enough to let everybody know that I was running away. At least your friends, (laughs) right? No, my mom too. Oh. (laughs) You're like, I'm packing a bag and I'm out of here. Like, I am not coming back. Just so you know. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. You do not need to worry. Right. But I'm not coming back. You got like a little mini suitcase like this big. You're like, I'm <laughs> yeah. never coming back. <laughs> Pretty much. So, I don't want any missing people reports. <laughs> That's So, fair. if teenagers are going to run away, I think they should just be honest. They should be honest. Yeah. And, or like send them a link to Runaway Train or something like that. So, they know they're, <laughs> they're be, not playing. Yes. That would be perfect. <laughs> So, after these 
two weeks and the missing flyers went up at school. I'm sure her friends and classmates were like, what the fuck? Nobody told us she was missing. Yeah, if my friend was missing like one day, I'd be like, um, hello? Yeah, especially now. These kids can, they're so connected. Yeah, exactly. It's insane. Mm -hmm. If they don't talk to each other for five minutes, they're like, are you dead? They're gonna panic. Yeah. Yeah. So in October, granted she went missing in April, in October (laughs) of 96, the authorities began questioning Sarah's associates and checking places where they thought Sarah might hide out in Wisconsin or Minnesota. That's such a, so much lost time. Yeah. After six months, they began asking questions. Yeah. Like you, what are you going to recover now? Like who's going to remember anything? So, the Washburn County Sheriff's Office finally began conducting a real investigation in 1999. Three years later. Three years after she went missing. So, not surprising to me, their investigation quickly focused on Sarah's family. Yeah. In July of 1999, the first investigation of the family's property ensued. Authorities searched a dump site on the property, dragged a lake searched the house and outbuildings, and brought in cadaver dogs. In May of 2013, a two-day search was conducted at the property with cadaver dogs. The dogs reacted at multiple locations on the property and outbuildings. And then in 2017, Marie and Jim both died, and the property was searched again. So once the authorities began really investigating, they began to learn a lot about what Sarah had been going through at home. Not only did Sarah admit to activities her parents didn't approve of in her diary, but she also reportedly said she had engaged in sexual activity with at least one of her stepbrothers. (gasps) I knew that was coming! Did you? I did! I was like, something's fishy about the stepbrother. I don't like it. Yeah. No! And these are words from the report. They're not my words. I'm not sure that it was sexual activity or if it was sexual assault or what it was let's because i don't know how old they were ground rules if they're in your house i don't have a rhyme for that okay if they're in your house you can't mess with them no it's gross yeah yeah and so you're gonna get madder no she had also become pregnant (gasps) and had an abortion approximately two months before her disappearance and we're not looking at the stepbrother. Why? I don't know. Holy shit! Yeah, and her so parents I don't did not know whose child she was pregnant with. Like, if it was her boyfriend or if it was somebody else, or she hadn't even been back that long. Like, she had been back for sixteen months when she disappeared, just a little over a year, mm-hmm. and all this stuff happened already. Holy shit! And the parents knew and were still leaving them home alone. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm sickened. Yeah, I was, too. So this information, along with a lot of the other facts that I presented in this episode, came from a slideshow presentation that the Washburn County Sheriff's Office had shared. And it's on the Find Sarah Bushland Facebook page, so you guys can look and see. Yeah. These ridiculous facts. So Sarah's sister, Leslie, has never given up trying to find her sister. She believes someone has to have some information to help bring her sister home, and I agree. Mm. There's no way that no one knows anything. Right. 
someone knows something. There are secrets being kept, and it's time for them to come out. It's、mm-hmm. been 26 years since Sarah disappeared, and she deserves to be put to rest properly. Leslie has conducted canine searches, used ground penetrating radar, conducted interviews and investigations of her own. Even the police have said that her and other family members have been instrumental in keeping the investigation going. She still is posting currently about it. She just had a post up. I love Leslie. A couple days ago. Just、yeah. not giving up. I love that she's、yeah. putting in the work and just. I feel so bad for her、yeah. because I'm sure she feels some type of way about her sister being out here on her own and then she's missing. Yeah. And- Yeah, and like just the family dynamics of it all. Like, it, obviously,、yeah. that's really gross and hard to talk about.、So. Yeah. And there w a s reports of her being, of Sarah being sexually assaulted when she was younger in her mother's home. And I don't know if her mom had the same husband on her. Ugh. I don't know. Dude, this has got to stop. It's got to. People need to do better. Yeah. So now that we went over the facts of the case, let's analyze them a little bit. I would love to do so. Okay. First, I cannot get over how weird it is that the stepbrother called and reported to his dad that Sarah didn't come home from school when she wasn't planning on coming home. Yeah, because it seems like he wanted to tell or make sure that they knew, like, she's not going to be home、mm-hmm. because of whatever reason. Yeah. So this leads me to believe one of two things. Either he knew she was scared about his dad reading her diary, or he did, in fact, see her come home. And then made up a story about she wasn't coming、mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know why she's not home. Right. I feel like, at a minimum, she talked to someone in her family and told them that her plans had changed. And it's weird that no one has given that information. I feel like she had to have talked to him at some point during the day, like, oh my God, your dad probably saw this or is going to see this. I wrote this. Right. I'm going to come home. Right. And he's, if he is the one she was having sex with, Like, why the fuck are you writing that in your diary? Oh, God. Do you、mm-hmm. see this? Do you see my arm? Yeah. He got goosebumps. This、oh、is gross. This is so gross. So, then I want to know if this information was provided to the authorities in the beginning or if this came out after they got the family's phone records because they know the exact time that he talked to his dad. Hmm. While his dad was in Minnesota. They talked to 4 37 p.m. at the friend's house in Minnesota. But, so I want to know if this is their original story、mm-hmm. or if this is a story that developed as evidence came out. Right, right. Like a cover story. Because、mm. it just doesn't make any sense. No. So I'm sure the police and people closer to the case probably know the answers to this, but there's really nothing that I can get from the public information. And then my other question is why did her family assume she ran away when she just got done being grounded? If I was going to run away, I would have ran away while I was grounded. That's such a valid point. I, my brain didn't even go there. Like, See, I'm a professional runaway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was like, and we are about the same age. She's a little bit older than me. So I'm like. I could totally relate to her not having sex with her stepbrothers about the rest、yeah. of the story. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, hanging out with older kids. Sure. Being a little brat. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate to it. But 
I would run away while I was grounded. Well, I'm not gonna serve three weeks of punishment and then run away the first day I'm free. I was free. Right, right. And uh, spring vacation was yeah. just the next day. Like, Yeah, she was staying at a friend's house. There's no reason why right at this time she's like, I'm just gonna peace out. Yeah, her parents were gone for the night. Right. So they clearly didn't have a problem leaving the kids unattended. It might have just been like a whole family thing everybody knew what happened but then kind of covered it up to make it seem Mm -hmm. like oh no she's gone yeah Ugh, that's so gross to me Mm -hmm. like you're gonna cover up for your disgusting ass son but you're not gonna like be there for this yeah little girl that needs help yeah i want to know if the parents knew about this sexual activity going on in their home before she disappeared or afterwards because I don't know that either. I'm guessing if they were reading her diary all the time which is what it sounds like they probably knew about it. Or or they maybe had suspicions of something happening mm-hmm. and then they're like we need to go further into this and then read her diary and then found some w- weird nasty shit in there. Yeah. Could go either this way. poor little girl. Right, like it's not her fault. It's never any. It's not the victim's fault ever. No, never. I haven't seen the police say anybody else was being searched or investigated. It looks like the investigation has completely been on them the entire time. Yeah, as it should be. Yeah, some people will say this sounds like it could be related to another case, a Crystal Solier case, because she was killed in the area. Mm-hmm. But when you have this many um, family issues, mm-hmm. I you cannot not look into what's going on because it it just it's dark. Yeah, this is really dark. Yes. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. So if anyone does have information about Sarah Bushland's disappearance, you can call the Washburn County Sheriff's Office at 715-468-4700. Or you can contact investigator Sean Sutherland at the Wisconsin Department of Criminal Investigation at 715-839-3830. And you can remain anonymous. You don't have to give your name or anything. Right. Right. Yeah. So if it's been weighing on you and you want to do the right thing, mm-hmm. um, but you don't want to be attached to it, do it anonymously and just yeah. be helpful. Because if if it was like a family thing and mm-hmm. they all knew about it, mm-hmm. somebody in the family told somebody else outside of the family. Absolutely. Yeah. Or like if it had something to do with the, the stepbrother, you know that little brats running his mouth to his friends so mm-hmm. or something you know somebody is yeah. yeah you can go on the find sarah bushland page and read some more about like the theories and the areas that they're trying to search like from the friend that lived in canada to the area in minnesota like there's a lot of different theories about where she could have been taken hmm. i hate that like I hate that she's not found. I hate that there is no indication of it either. Yeah. I mean, the cadaver dog's hitting on the property makes me think she probably died there and was moved somewhere. Dark. This is dark. It is. But hopefully... 
somebody can find something out. That was a really good story. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for her. Yeah. So, let's a few takeaways. Um, let's not always talk about politics and talk about <laughs> important things. Like people. Like people and the community and, like, the the shit that happens that yeah. are is not easy to talk about right uh say no to incest yeah let's say no to that yeah um and uh, don't read your kids diaries it's rude <laughs> <laughs> yeah give them some fucking privacy god damn it seriously and what else do you have anything else any takeaways no oh don't don't create a web of lies that it's yeah. just gonna make you a murderer yeah honesty is a good policy yes as um you have to be able to be secure in who you are like if you don't want to do shit just be honest like you know what i'm not cut out for this i want to do nothing right now right there's some times that i want to do nothing yeah (laughs) you could just be like at the current moment i have no goals and aspirations (laughs) (laughs) i just want to be and that is okay yeah that's perfectly fine Um, i mean your parents might not like it but you're a grown adult and you can make that choice Mm -hmm. and you don't need to kill people because they disagree with what you want to do with their life absolutely not yep should not kill your parents Mm -mm. or anybody else really i guess yeah that's where we draw the line (laughs) (laughs) yeah um okay so we're gonna end on that uh rate review subscribe and follow us anywhere that you can um if you don't know how to leave a review you can uh write us something very nice and we will always love that yeah you can just message us if you have any stories that do need attention Mm -hmm. or that you just want to tell it can be funny or right yeah whatever we like stories yeah we do like stories yeah okay i think that's it and we love you we do bye bye all the sins of wisconsin was written recorded edited and produced by fallon and mims thank you so much to all of our listeners supporters friends and family that continually allow us to do what we love if you love our show as much as we love you please give us a glowing rating and review follow us on facebook and instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at all the sins of wi at gmail.com episodes of all the sins of wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts and don't Don't forget forget, we we love love you. you